Hello everyone, I hope you had a beautiful week and that you are enjoying now your Sunday and your weekend. This is the new episode of the International Students in Darwin podcast. Francesca and I talked to Kashif Mohammed. He is studying Masters of Emergency and Disaster Management. Yes, I did it. And we had a very, very interesting talk with him. It was really amazing. He came to us uh, to the Melaluca Refugee Center and we had there a chat for a few hours. And of course, we recorded the best 30 minutes for you. So I hope you will enjoy this episode and uh, see you soon. Listeners, this is the International Students in Darwin's podcast. Today, I will start in a different way with uh, no question. Just feel free, Kashif, to talk about whatever you want and enjoy to our listeners. Hello, everyone. My name is Kashif Mohammed. Uh, I'm a full-time student at Charles Darwin University. I'm studying a uh, master's in emergency and disaster management and uh, and I'm also passionate about environment and a lot of other different stuff like community engagement. Uh, I volunteer my time at different places where I believe in. Uh, I work as a, I volunteer as a youth worker at a youth center and I also volunteer as an emergency services volunteer at Red Cross and I'm also a student ambassador at CDU. Quite impressive. CV that you have actually but about the disaster so you need to repeat again what how is it called emergency and disaster management so the emergency and disaster management usually people try to avoid to be there where the, the where the disasters are and where the disasters are happening so how come that you are that interested in and you actually want to be there and you want to be at the hot spots where the I don't know where massive things are happening. Yeah, so uh, ever since I was a child, you know, I had a bit of phobia of, you know, what happens if suddenly there's an earthquake or there's a flood or there's a landslide, you know. It's really a scary situation, like there's something happened and you need to run away and all your stuff. So it always intrigued me. Uh, when I'd come to Australia, uh, I'd come to actually study my master's in mechanical engineering because I've done my bachelor's in mechanical engineering. Uh, while I was studying that, uh, I, f- I didn't f- feel the urge for it because, you know, the most of the units were repetitive and I, I didn't felt like I was adding value or, you know, I was getting something more. Uh, so I started looking at different courses uh, which I could which I could do and then I stumbled upon uh, Masters in Emergency and Disaster Management which really you know uh, connected with me because you know uh, I've got more of an humanitarian side than of a technical side I did engineering because I did it because my parents wanted me to and I got a you know a scholarship for that you know I didn't have to pay any fees for it that's why I did it uh, that was my priority back then uh, but when I came here I had choice I had choice to either study what I was doing before or maybe get into a new field uh, so I thought yeah let's do it and you know with this degree I can really help people you know like that's real actual help obviously with 
technical and mechanical engineering i would have done somewhere in oil and gas or mining and stuff that would have been good monetarily you know like maybe i could have earned good money not in this field but still you know you get uh, you actually help people and i think that that's what matters most to me i i totally agree with that and i believe that's a very great point to actually help the people so how was then the reaction from your parents that you decided yourself actually for something more humanitarian and not for the big payment how was the reaction from your family and your environment the the first response was uh, not welcoming i can say because <laughs> uh, you know we in india you've got a progression okay so you've done your year 10 now you do year 12 in year 12 you do good you write an entrance exam you get good grades good score you get a good seat in a good college you study that you do engineering after you do engineering in bachelor's then you do masters then you do phd so you've got this you know uh, a pathway that has already been set for you and now when i come here i was on that trajectory i was doing my masters in engineering but when i just went off to a completely different course i'm like breaking that path i'm stopping it i'm saying it's way full stop here i'm starting a new journey from here so yeah it was not welcoming at all uh, my parents didn't wanted me to do that because they had other plans i guess they like uh, i can't blame them you know growing up in india when you see all the you know competition and you know you need to be uh, you need to be smart to be successful otherwise there's no way out so for them it was my ticket uh, ticket to be out of poverty and stuff like that so they wanted me to continue that so they didn't because they didn't have faith in emergency and disaster management that's not a field in india i mean there sh- there is but you know it's only uh, either your engineer or your doctor or your scientist so this thing this, this profession doesn't even exist there like it it does but no one studies specifically that so yeah they were a bit shocked and uh, i tried to convince them i told them look i've already done my bachelor's in engineering i can get my skill assessment from engineers australia i will get the title of professional engineer anyway even if i do masters i don't know how it's going to help me i told them if i do this you know i will always have an option i don't have to work in disaster management but i can have the skill set if something happens in engineering side and if i don't want to work there or if i lose a job there i will have an option in my life you know i've got a second path okay if not this i can do that so i try to explain in that in that way because you know you need your parents approval <laughs> especially if you're from india i'm also someone that is actually i'm not against all traditions but you know those tra- traditions were made like 2000 years ago or earlier and life is changing the planet is changing and the humans are changing so actually i i really like that that you like you broke the chains and you went your way and like a little bit against your parents a little bit against your culture that's amazing but now when you think you are almost done with uh, disaster management where do you see yourself do you see yourself in that area or would you like to go back into engineering to be honest with you i would love to be in disaster management area and work there but uh, i would be applying for my permanent residency after this and for that it would be better if i work in my skilled occupation which is engineering because a uh, disaster manager or emergency manager it's not in the skilled occupation list so engineering is also my passion it's not like i don't like it i've studied 4 years i've wasted my 4 years of my life so uh, i i do want to 
apply some of my skills there as well and it's always to have a bit of work experience and you know uh, it doesn't have to be if you choose this or that you know uh, as you see the world is changing climate change and everything it's it's going to eat away the world one day and where does all this thing come from it comes from mining or you know oil and gas or the way we drive so you've got an engineering element in disaster management you no know, like i can probably work a few years as an engineer and get some skills and make my own consultancy where i can maybe handle both things together i don't know but to start with i think i might have to brush up my engineering skills as well that's my first priority as of now and i would like to ask you something about your parents because you said they weren't sure about your decision so uh, i i guess they're proud now that you you almost finished your uh, masters right so are they regretting to let you go in australia or not or they're happy now to be honest with you my father is happy with it he doesn't mind uh he knows i'll be all right but my mom <laughs> she's a bit skeptical about it uh she thinks that uh i have downgraded or something i try to explain her that i'm still doing a master's course but for her you know it's uh it's it's not very uh she's she's still like okay you could have done that she's thinking like oh, okay maybe he got scared or stuff and didn't want to do it he ran away from it uh but yeah but she's fine yeah as long as i'm happy she's fine yeah so what kind of disasters were you saw or were happening or are still happening in the in the area where you grew up and do you think you could help now the people there yes of course now uh growing up I didn't actually experience any disaster myself but I've always watched it on news TV channels and I used to see uh the cyclones or the tornadoes in America or the floods in Bangladesh or you know the earthquake in Japan it it like tore away the whole country so um I used to see the people suffering and the people getting displaced and uh you know loss of house it's not easy like okay uh my house got drowned in floods like it's not easy you've got so many connections with the place where you grew up you know you've got your money put in it you've got your lives and then moving away from there and starting somewhere new it's obviously tough so these things uh really impacted me and uh yeah with with the studies at CDU um uh, so we uh, I'm mostly focus on Asia Pacific so uh the area around Australia or you know that mostly the caribbean not the caribbean fiji or tongan islands stuff like that so uh we you you get a bigger picture you get a bit bigger understanding of how it works and uh how it could be prevented so there are like three phases uh in every disaster management or emergency response cycle so there's a prevention phase you know where you can prevent it before happening or you can you can have an early warning systems which warn you ahead of time that okay in few days you might experience an earthquake or you might get a flood of this this magnitude and you might have to evacuate so there's this one side of prevention where you have early warning systems and all those stuff and then you have during disasters okay now now there's a disaster now there's a landslide and you have to tackle it you have to get people out of there and you can provide all the logistics and handling and stuff that's emergency response and now once disasters happen everything's done like in japan okay earthquake is done 
what next people are gone what's lost is lost what's left is left what next what can you do now that's recovery phase that's the third phase so you know this is a bigger picture and i got to know more about it i didn't know about it we only look at okay it's happening now but we don't look at the work that's been done before and the work that's been done after the disaster you know like bringing back people together you know bringing back communities together and building homes and roads back stuff like that and uh, with this all this you know like i was saying i can use my technical skills here like as you know as the world is evolving like we've got so so lot so many technologies now so you can have uh, a lot of technologies for example internet of internet of things and you can install them in buildings and you can see uh, the strength their strength and if they can uh, if they can withstand if there's an earthquake so would you agree that many disasters nowadays are made actually by humans but actually by the climate change natural disaster yes uh so climate change is true <laughs> i don't know why people deny it it's happening and it's true and uh, one thing that i learned uh in my studies is that there is no such thing as natural disasters it doesn't just happen by itself it happens as a result of chain of events you know like okay you're burning too much carbon and you're increasing the greenhouse gases and then there's climate change it doesn't just happen like that you know like it doesn't just there's a tsunami like there's there's always a chain of events that led to a disaster earthquakes well you could say some of the earthquakes that just happened because of the plates inside beneath the earth shaking but many of times uh there's a lot of underwater drilling to get oil and gas and it happens with that as well but i'm talking about more of like the climate change stuff so it's not natural yeah and uh yeah i think there's a sustainable way i'm not saying like go completely off oil and gas i'm not against it but you know uh there there's a better way to be done but uh, what do you think why i mean people know that the climate change is happening and pe- most of the people know that we are responsible for it but they are still every time surprised when something is happening and they are not ready to change something many people are still not ready to change something they're living their life uh, many people laugh about me when i say something for the environment um so what do you think why are the people so stubborn that they don't see the bigger picture and that they should change something i think it mostly depends on the mentality you know there's a there's a change we need to change and for people to change it's hard it's hard because of many reasons because of many people their livelihoods are dependent on it you know like for example in nt so people people want jobs everyone want jobs and they're saying like uh we want jobs where's jobs where's development how's how's the economy growing and now then the people in the office they get pressurized how how can you grow nt's economy well uh nt has got a lot of natural gas let's take it out sell it to japan we get a lot of money in that way we can make uh jobs so you know uh so this this a lot of self interest self interest for people self interest for government and self interest for companies who want that gas and you know like all the electricity we get most of it is we get it by either burning coal or natural gas it's a hard transition but we can change but for us to change we have to maybe get in new systems to bring in new systems you need money 
to if you want to get money you need to get get money from federal government and it's a very hard process for that money to get sanctioned they don't want to spend money on something new they just want to get things going as they are going for example like i said i studied mechanical engineering i have also done two other certifi- certifications like of welding inspection and coating inspection on pipelines pipelines that carry gas so if i were to work in that field as a welding inspector or coating inspector my earning my livelihood would depend on oil and gas if people are not drilling out oil and gas they wouldn't weld and put pipelines underground and if they wouldn't do that i would lose my job so i don't want to i don't want to be someone who's advocating to you know cut on fossil fuels cuz my life depends on it so you know this this is a very big and complicated picture which could be solved but you know there should be initiation like they want there should be a desire to do something and they don't see any like benefit in doing it so i think the authorities or the government they don't want to do it and they get lobbied as well like impex and all these big companies they take these politicians and you know they favor them and they lobby them they give because they get billions of dollars they earn billions of dollars daily so it doesn't matter for them if they just threw a few billion dollars as a party fund to a political party to support their policies you know so all depends on self interest kashif i'm sorry but i have to change the topic because you know when dennis is interested on something it's terrible so we we just we are losing our point the podcast is about kashif's lives and um i'm sure that cdu and your parents are very proud because yeah it's for sure you have a very good preparation on disaster in the but let's say i would like to ask you do you have other kind of passion uh, or hobby or just about disaster in the world uh yeah my other passions are like um, i get to get to uh get involved in a lot of stuff like uh there's a lot of inequality i'm not saying i'm not going all negative that the world is bad but there is stuff where we can work and you know pull out pull out people like for example with the youth uh it really saddens me when i see a lot of the younger generation anywhere uh you know getting uh involved in drugs or you know other sort of crimes and they're wasting their life i mean uh, they could have done a lot they've got a lot of potential uh given the opportunities they've got like for example my part time job i work as a safety officer in a mental health unit and uh sometimes i work in the youth unit where there's kids under 18 and you get this beautiful kids but they got in, they got on the wrong side you know they got on to drugs and they addicted to sniffing petrol or all different types of drugs and and if they don't stop many of the kids they they are on the verge of dying you know like it's hard for the family and uh it's really hard to seeing such people that's that's the reason why i started do- volunteering with the at a youth center you know so that i can get more idea of how to connect with the youth and stuff so that's one of my hobbies uh i also like playing sports uh i like badminton i'm not very good at it but it uh makes me sweat so i like it uh, i i haven't heard from any in the people that they say cricket is boring i am always someone i say cricket is boring because in europe only the english people are playing it um yeah it's also another sport for me but about your other involvement 
um do you see progress in that do you feel like you can make at least darwin a better place with your work there i try to i really try to uh because um even if there's one kid who is now in the youth center and not outside and not doing bad stuff that's good enough for me even if i i'm able to help one kid you know uh we at the youth center we try to help them with with social skills you know like life skills you know try to teach them how things work and stuff because many a times they don't really know like they are so naive like they don't know what's right and wrong and they just think whatever's happening that's the world around them and uh sometimes they just need someone to talk to and first make that connection and to learn stuff like i myself didn't know a lot of things uh while i was while i was in year 12 or while i was in school but as i grew up i got to know more and more about all the other stuff so yeah uh it takes time nothing happens overnight but uh i think smaller efforts on a daily basis uh will create a big impact and kashif when you talk with one of these um teenagers uh how do you feel i mean can you just switch off your brain when you go home or you're still thinking about uh that situation it must be difficult yeah i think you must be uh, talking about the kids at the mental health unit yeah it's really hard sometimes cuz you uh you also have kids there who have done who have committed serious crimes while they were at on drugs uh i remember one such boy i wouldn't say his name but uh so he was i don't know the drug name but he was taking some kind of drug and being under influence of the drug he stabbed his own elder brother and his elder brother died of it and i remember him coming to me and saying hey if i pray to god will he send me back my brother like he's sorry for it he's sorry for it but obviously he's he's been jailed and now he's only i think 15 years old he's been jailed for another 20 25 so his whole life is gone and think about the family like <laughs> they only had two sons one is dead one is in jail like uh, it's very hard so when i uh, come across things like these uh, so it really uh, affects me and i keep thinking about it and i feel grateful that at least uh, i didn't got involved into this stuff you know like uh, obviously we say our parents like they're too strict and stuff especially indian parents they are very strict but uh, I'm grateful for it now that my father and my parents they controlled me in a way that I didn't got out of that. Yeah. What do you believe what would be the right approach that those kids um that are in a maybe in not such a good environment to use less drugs or other substances? Because usually you know there's like a psychological thing behind it if you tell to a kid or this plate is hot don't touch it the kid will touch it to 99% and usually the parents are always the ones they just say to the kids look drugs are very very bad things don't use it on you don't use it so maybe there's a higher chance that they will try it once because the parents are saying don't use it so the kids are interested in that that's absolutely correct and this it's like human mentality even if you tell me not to do it my brain would say to do it that's true so what we can do is we would not tell them not to do but you know we can divert them so we can divert their attention from being on drugs to being on sports so now they spend more most of their time playing sports and they get tired and they don't have time for drugs 
maybe they can divert their attention from drugs on studies they just have to study 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 and you you just study and you don't bother about all those stuff so you cannot completely stop you have no control on your kids no matter how controlling a parent is there's always a way kids can sneak out like i could have done whatever i wanted even though my parents were a bit strict so you can never control any person in your life every person has control on himself so you can only advise them and try to divert them from that stuff you can not say them don't do this you can say them do this you know so maybe they'll that's what we try to do in the youth center we try to keep them in as long as we can you know play with sports maybe it video game maybe playing uh actual sports or you know like snookers or cooking or vr stuff like that so diverting their mind i'm very surprised because for me darwin is the safest place in the world with no crimes uh, no drugs uh, no dramas nothing yes you can see someone drunks uh drunk during the weekend but yeah also during the week sometimes but it's not so bad i mean uh so i'm very surprised to hear that there are this kind of situation especially between the teenagers in early age uh but what do you think about darwin is the city that you like that you can probably imagine your future here or would you change city always in australia i don't know i love darwin uh i mean complete love and i love it darwin obviously uh i don't think if there's any city in the world there's no crime crime always creeps in there's no running away from it and darwin is probably one of the safest depends on you know how you live crimes everywhere and uh i love i love darwin because it's so simple and easy to get around and um it's easy to connect with people like for example i'm here i'm being interviewed by you guys i'm doing this podcast just let's just say that you were you guys were in sydney and i was in sydney i don't i don't know if we could have even met like it's just so big city and you're just so tired just you know doing your own stuff you you couldn't get around and connect with people so yeah can you is it possible for you to describe this uh, place to the people in india to your parents and to your friends back there yeah uh often times when i say about darwin they laugh about it cuz darwin is only 200000 people and my city alone has got i don't know but millions of people and for example in darwin i can get around from one corner to another corner probably 20 minutes if i've got my own car but if if it was the same thing back in my city it, it would take hours you know uh in my home city i haven't myself discovered the whole of the city i didn't roam the entire city because it's always growing it's always growing and there's always different suburbs and a lot of different centers a lot of startup companies so uh you know i myself never was able to fully discover my own city because the traffic was too much this pollution you just want to stay at home and watch movies <laughs> you know that's not a not a very encouraging lifestyle like it's but but if you're in darwin you know you've got sports club i live in casuarina i've got sports club there i've got swimming pool bus stop shopping center university and if you go a bit down you've got marara indoor games you know like you can do whatever you want here and it's 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 within your reach so 
I that that's what I love about Darwin. I've got friends in Sydney, Melbourne and Sydney. They they say they kind of like that city as well, but uh I've got a lot of friends who have moved from Melbourne and city to Darwin and they say that this peace here, you know, they experience peace. It's it's more it's it's more like of relaxing and it's a very good lifestyle. Some people don't appreciate it, but it is. I think Francesca myself totally agree on that. that you can find peace here and you can stay here. I think forever and have a very good life. So I have one last question. Uh, first of all, thank you for this amazing talk, really. Where do you see do you think India will be able to make the switch to sustainable lifestyles and sustainable energy in the next let's say 30 years? I think India is not very unsustainable. it might become in future because it's a developing country still so many of people are getting out of poverty and now they are you know getting their hands on money and they're spending a lot but uh if you see at the current stage it is not not too bad i guess not too bad like if you measure the carbon footprint of every com- every country america's got the largest carbon footprint like people in india many of them they don't um they don't own cars they use most of them use public transport think that's a bit nice uh for the environment so but there will be challenges ahead and it really depends on the leaders now to take a step now and you know invest into renewables and stuff but it takes strong leadership and willingness to do that well today we had another amazing guest i know more about disaster about climate i'm happy for you dennis because you smile uh, the whole podcast <laughs> and uh, yeah i already met kashif uh, before so that's why i don't have too many questions but i saw you very participating so i'm happy for you and uh, yes usually we leave we finish our podcast leaving the last words to our guests would you suggest something to our listeners or uh, in specific to international students in Darwin to my fellow international students i would only like them to say that uh, don't think that you are in a disadvantaged position uh, i see many of the students saying oh you know i didn't got job because oh cuz my english is not good or they will never hire me you know like they get a lot they like they get a lot of discouraged by the things that going on i want them to be more positive and you know take action take take action and just do your thing and just go out there and be whatever it is like there's a lot of things that you can do if you really want to do there's nothing stopping you it's only your mind that you think that okay they're not going to accept me it's just you you just have to be there and do your good stuff and things happen things turn out rather than just sitting at home and saying ah oh, this not fun this never going to happen so yeah just uh, be positive and do your thing 